welcome once again to the So Weird Podcast. This is episode nine. I'm Zach. I'm Kathy. And I'm Emily. And today we are discussing season one, episode nine of So Weird, which is Rebecca, which from my understanding is something of a favorite around here. I want to just say it's a fan favorite and almost everyone's favorite. Based on the survey I did about... Well, over half the respondents listed it as one of their top five episodes. So, and it was the only episode that you know that that was the case for. So, it's a popular one. Yeah, this one ranks way highly for me. I would say it's probably the best so weird episode. I mean, opinions vary, but I think this is one of the best working episodes. Mm-hmm. It's my personal favorite, and I also think it's the best. That's so why does this one why does this one resonate with everybody so much? Well, just the general feeling. I, I guess that a lot of people relate to Molly and losing that friend in life, it, whether it be a friend or whether it be like a sibling or something like that. I think that's just something that a lot a lot of people can relate to. Yeah, I think everybody has had a loss like that in their lives, and I mean, I know I certainly have. So I think for that reason, this one really speaks to a lot of people. And it's, I I mean, there are several episodes of So Weird that you could really call tearjerkers, but I think this one maybe jerks the most tears out of all of them. Yes, I would agree. Um, This is the first episode of television that broke my heart. (laughs) (laughs) Which I don't like to use that phrase, but here it, it definitely applies. There were a couple other episodes of television when I was younger that made me feel similarly um, from other television shows. So there was an episode of Rugrats with uh, Mother. It was called Mother's Day, and it was about Chucky's mom. Do you remember that episode? Oh well, I remember that Chucky's mom was deceased. So yeah, well, there was an episode about that, and actually, it was um, written by a team that included John Cooksey and Allie Marie Matheson, who oh. were writers on this show. Oh, yeah, connection there. <laughs> and then there was another episode um, that I felt similarly about. It was the Hey Arnold Christmas episode. Um, where Arnold's neighbor is reunited with his daughter. But the difference between Rebecca and those two episodes is that um, those episodes ended on a somewhat optimistic note. And this one, uh, there's no optimism at the end of this one. Yeah, it ends on a much more melancholic note. Mm-hmm. And that was something I had an experience from television when I was younger. Well, I'm sure there are some television episodes that, that made me cry before. <laughs> <laughs> As a kid, I I've, I know there are. Um, uh, well, there are lots of movies. I can tell you that. But um, yeah. But this one, uh, the this is one of the rare Molly centric episodes. In fact, I think this is probably the first Molly centric episode. And there are only one or two others over the course of the series that really classify. Mm-hmm. And it's I believe it's the first time where they actually play uh, a song fully through the episode. Because before we've heard like. S- just like snippets of songs that she's recording. But in this one, we hear the full song that is Rebecca. And in other episodes, we hear, we hear her other songs like She Sells and all that. Yeah, there would be more singing from this point on. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we should probably talk about what this episode's actually about, shouldn't we? Mm-hmm. We should always do that first. <laughs> <laughs> we get ahead of ourselves sometimes. We do. So this one has the um which where, where are they they're in milwaukee right milwaukee mm-hmm. yeah oh, the, what's the supernatural theme guys oh uh immortality immortality yeah exactly sort of. we just yeah 
sort of. <laughs> um, yeah, the the Phillips tour bus pulls into Milwaukee, and a strange girl comes to um, a sound test for Molly's band, who has an eerie resemblance to Molly's childhood best friend Rebecca, and it's uh, quite unnerving for Molly because Rebecca mysteriously disappeared when she was 13, just uprooted herself and moved away without any announcement or subsequent communication. So Fiona, obviously, as she does from time to time, smells a mystery and starts to snoop around and search into things and discovers that this teenage girl who claims to be Rebecca's daughter is actually Rebecca because Rebecca is um, part of a race of immortals who age one year for every... 100 years. So that's, I guess, the gist of the episode. Did I miss anything important? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, it's got a very simple plot to it, but it's still just in fans' minds, it stands out. Well, I can tell you this is one I really remember um, in the years between the series first airing and revisiting it, especially the song at the end that really stuck with me um, in particular, the line about um, something about a, you know, another beginning without any end that I don't know why that always stuck in my brain over the years. Hmm. Yeah. That montage, I guess is very memorable and one of the highlights of the episode, but there's so many for me. I think this episode is just really well written. I think the writer is Tom J. Astle for this. Yeah, that's series creator Tom J. Astle. Oh, and it is. Uh, well, IMDb has list him with a list Astle with a creator credit, and then somebody named Selena Williams with a junior story editor credit. They're listed as the writers. Oh, because I thought Wikipedia listed someone different. Oh, Wikipedia lists Eric Morris, and I tried looking him up. And I found a writer with the same name on IMDb, but they don't list Rebecca as one of his um, credits, so I'm not sure if Wiki is right. Okay, because I looked him up, too. I'll, I'll just keep looking him up and see what I can find out, because I found him. Oh, yeah, his website, Eric Andrew Morris, and it says he wrote this episode. Oh. So, yeah, and ericandrewmorris.com, but now he doesn't write for television. He... Um, I think he's a professor or an assistant professor of, uh, oh, it says city and regional planning. So he's oh, okay. something totally different now. Okay. Well, once again, IMDB is wrong. <laughs> Always letting us down. <laughs> well, props um, to Eric. So yeah, no, it, it is a wonderfully really well written, written episode. Yeah. Uh, and a wonderfully acted episode. I think this is some of Mackenzie Phillips' best acting on the series. Yeah, not just her. Um, I thought Nadia Nascimento did a fantastic job. Okay, that's how you pronounce that. Yeah, I found a video of her. Nascimento? Well, I... Nadia Nascimento? Let's just call her Nadia. (laughs) Nadia. Yeah, Yeah, she's... um, A lot of people recognize her from Animorphs. Oh, she was Cassie on Animorphs? Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) That's a show I remember. (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. You didn't put that together no well you know i haven't looked up the animorphs tv show and uh I, I remember the book series really well i never really liked the tv show because it was so cheaply produced but yeah oh, look at that huh. <laughs> indeed it was her wow yeah but she her acting's really great and for her to go up against molly and to just do 
like almost equally as great for being um, a teenager also. It's just amazing. Yeah, there are two uh, monologues in this episode, one from Molly and one from Rebecca that are just really fantastic moments when Molly are, and Jack are in the hotel room talking about, well, they're talking about Rebecca and that segues into a conversation about loss and they're both tearing up by the end and that's a real, that really tugs on your heartstrings, that moment. Look, Mom, is this like a big deal? When I was V's age, I had a really tough time. I used to fight with your grandma and grandpa a lot. Don't tell them I told you that, okay? Then one day, Rebecca showed up. And it was like I finally had someone to talk to. She understood me. She understood everything. You don't get many friends like that in your life, you know? Yeah. And then, one day, she was gone. I mean, gone. What is it about me, Jack? Why do I have to lose so many people? Mom? I'm sorry. I'm really sorry, honey. It's just that sometimes when you lose so much you just can't stand to lose even one more thing yeah that moment is my favorite moment of the whole episode because it's just so sad and gets me teary-eyed because she opens up I don't know if she hasn't opened up to Jack before but she doesn't in a raw way and Jack is like he doesn't expect it Because he he, just bluntly says, like, what is it about me? Why do I have to lose so many people? And he's just like. That line gets you. He's just like, why? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's one of the rare moments on the show where we see the emotional side of Jack as well. Yeah, usually he kind of keeps a distance with his humor and such. But, yeah, that is one of the earliest moments we see of him really opening up emotionally. Yeah. And then there's just this one little uh, he responds to Molly and she says, you don't get many friends like that in your life, you know? And then they show Jack and he kind of looks away and says, yeah, in like a sad kind of way. And I always just, I always notice that because I'm wondering, like, does he say it in a sad way because he lives on the road so he can't really make permanent friends like that? Besides Clue. But that's what I assume (laughs) that went into that little line. I never thought of it that way, but yeah, you know, that's some nice insight. You're probably right. Um, yeah, I mean, because if you want, if you see that scene again, like he just he looks away and he says, "Yeah," in a really sad way. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, and just some great, great acting from Mackenzie Phillips in that moment. I really, you you really see her ability. And then the second monologue I was referring to is at the end when Rebecca opens up to Fiona and tells her her secret, which then leads into a moment that I really remember where she talks about the, uh, 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 oh, I can't speak. I'm sorry. A trust in, a trust in girl. She knew. (laughs) And how that girl, even that girl's language is dead. That's a nice line. That really stuck out to me as a kid. Like, oh man, she really is old. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, yeah, she says she's uh, 1,300 years old and 1,370-some years old. And, um, yeah, so so good, good moments. And the episode has a lot of moments like that. And I like how the mystery in this one evolves because you get to see Fiona and Molly doing a little sleuthing together, which up to this point you didn't see a lot of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, in the beginning when Rebecca shows up, like, Molly just instantly recognizes her. But, you know, she, she won't believe that that's her, so she just follows Fee along mm-hmm. with Fee's adventure and trying to find out where they live. And I wonder if if uh, Rebecca or if Molly had reacted a little differently when she realized, well, do you remember when Rebecca says Molly and then... Molly looks at her all weird, like Rebecca. Yeah, she actually. Yeah. I wonder if she, she mouths the word Rebecca to herself and then catches herself. Mm-hmm. But uh, I wonder if if Molly had reacted a little differently then, if maybe Rebecca would have actually said something. But she did seem. No, that's not possible, you know. And mm-hmm. so I think that kept Rebecca from, you know, she backed off a little bit after that, unfortunately. <laughs> Well, you know, once again, uh, Molly has to play the skeptic to a degree. She is always reticent to acknowledge the supernatural events that happen around her. But, you know, you actually, it's not just uh, Molly and Fiona you see going out and having some adventures together. There are some good moments with Jack and Clue, and then with just Clue. Yeah, in the beginning, um, Jack and Clue are, or Jack is practicing for his driving test, so it starts off this little story of Jack eventually taking his driving test we see in Siren. Right? Um, no, not Siren, Drive. <laughs> yeah, drive. it takes takes him a while to get back to that. But yeah, that is the first time that's referenced. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I like Clue uh, tagging along with Fee and when Rebecca answers the door and doesn't want Clue to get in. He's just understanding, like, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be outside waiting for you. Yeah, Clue is always there to provide the comic relief. And did you talk about the point, the part where Jack slams his foot on the fake brakes? Did you see that? Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a cute moment. And Clue shouts out, dude, as if, like, Jack really did slam the brakes. <laughs> yeah. Well, he even, like, lurches like forward. <laughs> They're goofballs. Yeah, um, and there's a scene where Fiona and Jack are investigating stuff at the museum where Rebecca works as an intern, though it's a otherwise decent scene, but I have one qualm with it. The voice of the curator, he puts on this really cheesy kind of fake quasi British intellectual <laughs> voice. <laughs> you know, yeah, we get it. The guy's smart, you know, he knows things, but um, that's yeah, a little thing that sticks out to me. No, I totally agree with you. He kind of feels like he's channeling Giles from, Buffy or something. Yeah, it's not really working for him. No. <laughs> but uh, this episode, it doesn't. You know, it takes a while to lay down the cards about Rebecca's particular condition because it, it leaves these hints about you know she works at the museum and the curator says something. You know, she restores these items as if she was there when they were new. And in fact, I, the opening scene of the episode is you hear her off screen arguing with her parents. Mm-hmm. which has got to be weird. I mean, I know, you know, when you live for thousands of years and you're still physically 13 years old, that must be odd. The uh... <laughs> Yeah, I know um, in our live stream, whenever we watch it, we always talk about how this 
the aging is just it seems like it it's too slow <laughs> cuz we think about times when there's like babies take a hundred years for them to turn two. <laughs> yeah, that would be odd just as an infant for a hundred years. I mean, how does that affect their mental development? I, I don't think they thought that yeah. through too hot. <laughs> and how long would uh, she be pregnant for? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> if it's even possible for, uh, I mean, I know, you know, comparing and contrasting immortals, I know in um, the Highlander universe, immortals can't get pregnant, so I don't know. But well, Rebecca came from two immortals, so yeah, okay, somehow. I guess that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe they age normally up until they hit puberty, and then the slowing starts. Oh yeah. But they yeah. don't delve into that. <laughs> that's too convenient. That's like Twilight convenient. <laughs> <laughs> sorry twilight fans okay sorry well, we don't want them listening to our show <laughs> but uh you know you just have to roll with it you can't you're not meant to yeah. overthink it too much yeah but that's what this show is for i liked how <laughs> i like how um fee calls grandma kathleen and she's telling her how to use the scanner yeah that's, that's a cute really moment cool cool thing you press the print button. <laughs> um, and uh, what I like about this one is how you can really tell that Molly is hurting a little bit. And there are several moments throughout the episode where she comes close to losing her cool with Fiona. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can really tell that this is just really important to her. I was going to say, especially that um, scene towards the end where Fee already knows the secret, but she's keeping that promise to not tell Molly. And Molly's just getting so agitated. Yeah, good moments. Um, I love that moment, too. Um, I think some fans, you know, they wonder why Fee keeps that secret from Molly, but it wasn't really hers to give up. I mean, Rebecca, her life's at stake. Her, her family's lives are at stake. And I, I just love Fee looks so heartbroken, you know, while Molly is ranting at her, like, tell me what's going on. But she just she can't do it. And she won't ever do it. Well, and it speaks to this, you know, throughout the whole series, Fiona is very enthusiastic about her interest in the paranormal. And usually Molly takes it in stride. But I like moments like this. And it happens a couple other times over the course of the series where Molly just kind of runs out of patience for her daughter's enthusiasm, which is realistic. You know, I mean, again, that's a good example of how well written Molly is, how she's not the typical shallow kids TV parent. She has more layers than that. We've just kind of gone all over the place with our conversation. I'm trying to figure out what we haven't talked about. What do we think of? Um, I guess we already talked about uh, Nadia Nascimento. Is that how we described it? That was that was pronounced. Um, because in my review here, I say that her her emotional center seems a little shallow. And I guess what I meant by that is it's just odd that after being alive for 1,300 years, she still has this very adolescent push and pull with her parent, which again, you know, raises the question, she's 1300 years old, but is she still like emotionally 13 years old? It's, you know, again, the whole, how the aging works, it's just something, it raises some questions that you probably aren't meant to think about in the moment. Yeah. And I think just cause this is a TV show for kids, they don't want her to act so like sophisticated or anything. Well, I suppose that's true. But when she talks, she doesn't sound like she's 13 to me. 
Um, and, and well, part of that is because she wasn't 13 when she filmed this. She was 20, but she doesn't sound like she's 20 either. Um, I don't. I think it's she kind of slows down her rate of speech, and right. um, her pitch is a little lower. Um, sorry, that's the speech therapist in me coming out. But <laughs> but I know what you mean about um, you know the the relationship with her parents has has always felt a little odd to me. But you know they don't really get into it enough for it to to kind of bring the episode down for me. Yeah. Yeah, Your parents looking, seem really scary. <laughs> yeah, they're really tyrannical. You know, they seem to have complete control over their daughter's life, which is not nice. No. And you wonder, like, what, why do they keep going? I mean, I wouldn't have wondered that as a kid, I guess. But now it's like, if you aren't going to enjoy yourself, why are you still existing? <laughs> well, you know, and, and, like, what's their objective? You know, they just... They travel from town to town. They'll move into a place and then pull up roots a few weeks later and go somewhere else, I guess because their secrets are on the verge of being discovered. But, like, what are they yeah. doing in life? You know? Well, they can't die, so... <laughs> they yeah. just have to keep going, even if, I don't know, they don't have anything to live well, for. Can they die? Well, they seem to suggest... I mean, she doesn't say that they're straight up and moral that they live forever, just that they live for a really long time. So let's elaborate here. Uh, you know, the average human life is something today is something like 65, I think. So if they live a hundred years for every normal year, that means they probably have a lifespan of about 65 hundred years or yeah. So, but I mean, yeah. they could die much earlier than that if they got like hit by a car, right? One assumes. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with that because she does say it at the line where uh, let's get burned to the stake. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, again, it's just something they probably could have delved into a little more, but you know, they only got 20 minutes of television to tell a story. So mm -hmm. yeah, and again, I think it was a good move on their part not to do that because I think even more holes would have probably, you know, developed in the story if they had gone into it more. Yeah, and the episode's not about Rebecca's condition. It's about the emotion between Rebecca and Molly, so. Exactly. And it all, you know, this has one of my favorite endings in all of So Weird. There's no big action-packed conclusion. The climax of the episode is Molly singing the song, which we hear uh, clips of throughout the episode, and they talk about it over and over again. In fact, that's a nice bit of exposition there at the beginning when... Rebecca and Molly meet again, though Molly doesn't know that it's her Rebecca, and they're talking, and Fiona is kind of commenting on what's happening and says, what, you mean that Rebecca, the song Rebecca? Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, some, some nice exposition there. And then it leads up to that ending where Molly sings the song completely, which is, you know, one of my favorite So Weird songs, because it is just a heart-tugging, you know, number. It's just such a cool um, parallel sequence because they go back. Well, they go to Rebecca's house, and then we don't see what happens, and they come back, and then we see what happens when she starts singing, and just paralleling that. Yeah, and it, it back then mm -hmm. to their experience when they go now, and we don't really hear Molly speaking because it's just her singing. 
Yeah. Which is, uh, I love it. Yeah, it's a well-edited sequence, the way they cut between Molly and an empty house as an adult. Oh, wait, I just hit my computer there. Okay, how they cut in between <laughs> Molly as in an empty house as an adult and then as a teenager with the birthday cake that says 13 oh. on it. The birthday cake. Uh, it just kills me. It's yeah, not not only did her childhood best friend abandon her, but she abandoned her on her birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean that that is the most um, memorable moment for from the show for me, from my youth. From That's the what I remember show. the most. What? Yes, and uh, it's definitely probably well, it's my favorite. I'd say uh, this whole episode is my favorite. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, the song is my favorite. Um, but I have a fondness for songs featuring piano, so it was kind of bound to be. But um, also, I don't know if you all have noticed this, but near the end of the song, this electric guitar comes in, and it just gives me chills every time. Um, it's just so beautifully done, and it's right when Rebecca walks back into the, the auditorium. So it's like her emotions are coming into play, just as Molly's are. Yeah, that's a good observation. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, that's the end of the episode. Rebecca watches from afar as Molly sings the song. And there's no emotional resolution. You know, they don't... Molly doesn't just really find out what's happening. She... There's no kiss-make-up moment. Well, that would be inappropriate anyway. But, uh... <laughs> you know, and it's just... It ends the episode in this very melancholic place, which is unusual for a children's television series. Though not really unusual for So Weird, because they went there a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a kid watching it, and when you see Rebecca come back, you're like, oh, just go go up to her and tell her that. And then yeah. she leaves, and that just makes it, like, as a kid, I think it makes it way more impactful to experience that, how it could have been a happy ending. But Yeah, then- and, you know, there had been good episodes before this one. And the show was good up to this point, but I think this is the episode, this is how it was for me, and I think it was this way for a lot of people, where they really sat up and took notice and said, okay, this this show is special. This is a little more sophisticated than other things. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know what? I'm glad that Disney didn't get their hands on this one and really change it around very much because they could have said, oh, you know what? This ending's too sad. You need to have them you know, meet up or something. Like, Yeah, the ending's too sad, and they talk about death too much in this episode. Mm-hmm. But they let it. They let it slide. So, well, I'm and thank goodness for that. For that. <laughs> and another thing I noticed just rewatching this one tonight is that actress they got to play Molly as a teenager, who Wikipedia or uh, IMDb tells me is named Christina Krapik. 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 Um, anyway, she looks like exactly the halfway point between Mackenzie Phillips and Cara Delazia. So that was some good casting there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, and you know, something else I mentioned how they talk about they do talk about death in this and the opening introduction Fiona talks about how as long as people have lived, people have been trying to conquer death. And there's always this lingering sadness with Molly about Rick. And that's something that they don't directly mention, but it's definitely implied, especially, you know, going back to that line of hers where she says, you know, why do I have to lose so many people? And uh, that actually reminds me of the scene with uh, Rebecca, you know, going over the newspaper clippings with Fiona. 
and there's one about Rick's death. Uh, have you all actually oh, paused yeah. the episode to read I, it? I did that just before. Um, when I was watching it tonight, I paused it, and I couldn't really see a lot of the words, but okay. I need to like screen cap that and maybe edit it to read it all. Okay, because I, I read through it, and so some of the things it says is, well, first off, the article is about the Phillips Kane van disbanding after Rick died, and it says that Rick died in a car accident. Uh, the band, PKB, put out seven albums, including Another World, which went double platinum. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, that means Whoa. that it sold two million albums. So he had, and it also said he had millions of fans. Did you all realize that they were that big? No, I had no idea that. I mean, that's like, I, I don't even know what acts you could compare that to. I mean, I guess like maybe Katy Perry or, you know, somebody like of that level, Kanye West, is the, that level of popularity, you know? Mm -hmm. And then she, I mean, when, after he died, she's on this comeback tour and playing all these small venues. It's really interesting. Yeah, I, I had, you know, I never took the time to pause that and read that. So, wow, that is some uh, deep, that's some real, I, I uh, admire your your nerd foo there, Emily. <laughs> well, thank you. No, it's, it's cool because Rebecca's bringing out all the old albums and we see Another World and then later on we hear that song. Yeah, and... do, we, do we have a complete discography uh, for the Kane Phillips band anywhere? I think we do actually on the forum. Yeah, we do. I I think some of them got deleted, like the pictures of the albums, but I'm not sure if anyone found the pictures again and brought them back. One of the writers, or maybe on the So Weird website, uh, they gave out information about the albums and the pictures of the album covers, which is really cool. And I'm sad again that I couldn't, or I wasn't online at that time. Yeah, okay. I, I was just curious if that information was out there because they make... Because, okay, so you said they recorded seven albums together. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, so I was just curious if there was... You, we had the names of all of them or anything like that. Uh, I can look it up real quick. There was another <laughs> one on the... Sh so we see Rocker Baby, um, mm -hmm. which is the one with Fee on the cover, and then there's also Half Light, which you just see in the box of Rebecca's old records. Uh, oh, Half-Life. So Half-Life, Half that's a... Oh, Half-Light, yeah, that's a that's a low song, song by the band Low. Anyway. <laughs> um, hold on, let me pull it up. Uh, there's also Double Edge was one, uh, Unbreakable Heart, and uh, <laughs> Destiny was one, and on the cover of the Destiny album was apparently going to be a picture of the same three-headed demon from Twin, it looks oh. like. Ooh, yeah. foreshadowing there. I suppose Double Edge was a double mm -hmm. album? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, and, do, and do we know which one of those would have been uh, their last album before Rick passed? I want to assume Rocker Baby. Enough okay, yeah, that would... Born. Uh, Let's see. I thought it was Another World. Yeah, it, it was Another World. According to uh, the post from Gabby, uh, Another World came out in 1987, and then uh, Rocker Baby came out in 1986. Okay. Oh, so that that gives us a birth date for Fiona then, doesn't it? Uh, we do have her birthday. I think it's February 10th. 
1985. I asked John Cooksey last year. I really wanted oh, okay. to know. Um, <laughs> I think that's her birthday. Well, you know, what I wonder is when somebody like that who worked on the show 10 years ago has a fan ask them that sort of information, do you think that's something that he thought of years and years ago or just makes up on the spot to tell you? <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. I, was, I wonder if he had a daughter born on that day and so he came up with that, like he used her birthday or something. I don't know. So that means that here in 2016, Theona would be 33 years old. Because she's four years older than I am. You know, actually, it, it may not have been 1985. I'm going to have to look this up. Okay. We're <laughs> wandering off topic here into the minutia of the So Weird universe. Uh, I was just going to say, they make all these cool like um, things that maybe they hope that people will notice, like fans will notice. So we do notice. <laughs> And well, we appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, we notice these things now, but you got to think this was back in 1999 when this episode aired. There was no television shows didn't get released on DVD back then. Sometimes they would get released on VHS. But so they probably didn't put that in there with the thought that somebody would freeze frame that and read it in detail <laughs> later. So it's just uh, it, it's nice that they put that detail in there, even though it's on screen for a couple of seconds. Yeah. So should we count it as canon then? If do you think that it was actually written by the writers, or was it just something some intern wrote up well, to throw in? You know, if we're talking uh, strict, you know, we're getting real like nerdy here. Uh, <laughs> anything in the movie or TV show or comic or book or what have you, that's that's tier one canon. Anything mm -hmm. like a writer or something or a writer or an actor or what has you says afterwards outside of the show that's tier two canon so since this is in the show i would consider that tier one canon which is as canon as canon can be yep okay <laughs> <laughs> and i and i would consider like the things that john cooksey has said in correspondence with people later on that would be tier two canon <laughs> what uh tv troops would refer to as word of god is what they call that Okay, I looked up Fee's birthday. It is February 10th, 1985, so she is 31. 31. Okay, my math was off. But I knew it. I knew it, guys. <laughs> that would be a, a good age for, you know, like a so weird reboot type of show, and she's an adult now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If only. <laughs> so weird, the next generation, because now uh, Fiona would be old enough to have kids of her own, so. Yeah. Everybody get to work on writing that fan fiction. <laughs> so anyway, this is an episode I really, really like. And uh, I would say that it is, if, you know, I don't know if it's my favorite episode because my opinions change every time I rewatch the series, but this currently is sitting at number one as my favorite episode. And I think it's that way for a lot of fans. This is one that resonates with people and Lots of people remember, and it's one of the best written episodes, one of the most emotionally powerful episodes of the series. Yeah, rewatching it, I got teary-eyed, almost cried. <laughs> I cried yesterday, and um, I, I just did. But you know what? I've never cried at this episode before, but it's always made me feel the same way. Like, at the end of the episode, I always feel this, like, hole in my chest, like something is missing. <laughs> um, so this episode is my favorite, as I've said. Um, 
you know, for so many reasons. We've talked about them. The acting is fantastic uh, from everyone. Um, the themes are, you know, as we as we talked about before, they they can apply to so many people of you know heartbreak and loss of friends and you know what happens to us as children and how that can impact us many years later. I think that's very important because a lot of times we trivialize the problems of children and at the same time a lot of times children shows trivialize the problems of adults. Mm -hmm. So this episode kind of shows that you know these all you know whatever your age is what happens to you ma matters. Um, yep. Yeah, and I think that's a good observation. And and you know when you're a teenager, everything is more emotional. <laughs> so, yeah. so the feelings of loss you you feel then definitely hit you now. I mean, I can say you know there were uh, you know there was a girl I went to high school with that left town suddenly that I definitely remember very well. So <laughs> give some personal insight there. And you know, there's lots of things like that. I think everybody has something like that. Yeah, you said that the line about, you know, another beginning without any end stood mm -hmm. out to you. And oh, yeah, that also, you know, I can relate to that as well. When she says, was it really so easy to trade me? Yeah, like the doubt mm -hmm. that, you know, your friendship mattered as much as much to the other person as it mattered to you. Yeah, for exactly. Because you for never. Mo okay, yeah. you go. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, for Molly, she was, you know, wrong about that. Obviously, Rebecca cared deeply about her. But, you know, knowing as I do that the friend that I had did not think of me the same way. I can definitely relate to that feeling. <laughs> yeah, uh, me too. I, I've experienced similar things. And, you know, no matter, you you can, you as an individual know the truth about what you feel, but you can never really know what other people think about you. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, wow, okay, so, you know, emotion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if we're going to, if we're going to go there, guys, we should go there. <laughs> No one else will ever talk about this episode <laughs> at this length. So yes. Let's just lay it all out on the line. This is the final word on So Weird. <laughs> no. You know, I, I don't want to say that either. I hope that this episode, you know, I hope that our podcast inspires other people to to discuss the show. I don't want to be the end-all, be-all um, by any means. Well, I know. I, I mean, some people have already been inspired to go back and rewatch the show because of this podcast. So that's nice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody in the So Weird fandom has this kind of, a, a, you know, ulterior motive of getting people to remember the show and to watch it more. And ultimately, hopefully, with the goal of getting Disney to notice and get the thing an official home video release would be nice, at the very least. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, like, the, the fandom's goal. But someone needs to just win the lottery and buy the rights. <laughs> <laughs> I we always say that. that. Seriously. Seriously. It's, it's one of us wins the lottery. We have to buy the rights. <laughs> I don't think it exactly works that way. <laughs> well, it should. <laughs> um, so anyway, for me, you know, I, I when I was reviewing this episode two years ago, I gave it an 8.5 out of 10, which I think was me being, you know, a little too hard shelled and unwilling to recognize a nice thing. If I was going to rate it now, I would give it a nine out of a 10. I think I would give it a 9.5. <laughs> well, I, you know, guys, I don't do ratings very much, but I give this episode a 10 out of 10. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. 
It's because, you know, there, there may be flaws, as we talked about the guy with the British accent that's very questionable. Um, but, you know, none of that matters to me when I watch it. <laughs> it. It doesn't matter at all. And I don't think about, you know, all the issues with Rebecca's, you know, immortality and, oh, what does that mean? Does that, you know, I, I, I don't think about any of that. All I, you know, all it is at the end of the episode is just me and Molly Phillips singing her song. And I am <laughs> in it. I am so in it. There's yeah, I totally, I totally understand the emotional response completely overrides any other reasoning. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's how it is for me, but it's different for everyone, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, um, so so do we have anything else we want to say about Rebecca? Um, I think you guys said it all with the emotional impact. Basically said what I'm thinking also. But yeah, I've gotten comments before like on old gift sets on like Tumblr and stuff how people just write their stories of how they relate to it or on the forum they write how they lost this person and how much this episode means to them and how they can rewatch it again and it brings back like those sad memories and probably not a good thing but being able being able to relate to that is you know comforting yeah, and I think people of all ages can appreciate this episode. Um, I was watching it with my sister a couple years ago, and, you know, she, whenever I told her that I was, you know, watching So Weird and doing So Weird things, she kind of rolled her eyes. <laughs> I finally convinced her to rewatch the show with me, and this episode made her tear up, and then my mom walked into the room. Oh, I loved this episode. And I was like, are you serious? <laughs> but, I mean, I've heard that from other people as well, that their parents really enjoyed this episode. And um, I, I think that this episode illustrates why the show was a family show. Because, you know, the adults were treated with um, as much respect and their problems were treated with as much respect as the children. So Yeah, that's a good point. And I think... You know, that's interesting that people have said their parents enjoyed this episode. And maybe that's because Molly plays such a larger role in this one than normal. Mm -hmm. Although, you know, uh, looking under rocks and trying to find flaws with this, there is one more. What's up with Irene's Boston accent when she's on the phone with Molly in that one scene? Anybody else notice that? No. What? <laughs> no. She has like this really exaggerated Northeastern accent in that scene. <laughs> It's hard to do a sound check with no one making any sounds. I'm sorry, I uh, got a little tied up here. Well, what's up? Actually, we're tracking a mystery. Really? Me too. Mine is, how am I going to get you to do the gig with you on the other side of town? Yeah, that that and the um, the brick-sized cell phones is another thing <laughs> notable about. One of the cultural markers that this show was made in the late 90s. And the pagers. Are there any pagers in this one? Yeah. I guess uh, there are. Okay. Yeah, Irene Page's Molly, and then Molly's like, oh, can I borrow a phone? And is, is Ned in this one at all? Uh, no. Nope. Nope. Actor must have been on vacation that week. He missed out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Hold on. Are we going to talk about um, season three and how Rebecca was going to be involved with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now is the time to bring that up, yes. Okay. Thank you for reminding me. You go ahead. Do you know? Oh, well, I was just, yeah, I mean, I was just going to say that, you know, in his notes and interviews and correspondence with fans, John Cooksey talked about how Rebecca was going to come back in the original season three. And that would have been where we would have learned more about Jack's past life as a knight 
And it also maybe would have given us a little more emotional resolution between Molly and Rebecca. And I would have loved to have seen that character back. I mean, I think that's definitely, there's really no other one episode character of So Weird more memorable than Rebecca. In a way, they bring her back in one line in the episode Avatar. Uh, he's going through, I think, Fee's emails. And there's an email from Rebecca, and Molly's there, and she sees that. Okay. Yeah, I just don't appreciate that, because it seems like that's just screwing up any timeline, or, I don't know, her having a computer and messaging me, like, I don't see that. Well, if her parents were so resistant to Rebecca making contact with molly at all it seems unusual that she would be allowed to have a computer but you know maybe she yeah. went and visited an internet cafe those existed back then i think the library I, I, in the season three faq it says that in the original episode uh chrysalis that was going to air molly or rebecca was going to email molly i don't know what about though i guess about uh Molly's alcoholism? I, I don't know. Yes, the the great loss. Very special episode of So Weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, as we talked about, she was going to come back at some other point and talk to Jack. One of the many, you know, we as So Weird fans feel that loss of the season three that could have been. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. so any other th anything else we want to say about Rebecca? The character worthy episode? <laughs> no, I think we said it all. I, I wish Kat was here because if she was, I would ask her, are there any weirdos who shit Molly and Rebecca out there? Because I feel like there would be. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I, I think I remember being in a live stream and people would have shipped them. Because they do yeah. seem very, very close. I mean, who knows? I mean, I don't think it's that way, but, you know. Well, it is possible that they did have a, a romantic relationship in their in their youth. Uh, I don't see anything that, you know, in the show that indicates to me that that's not necessarily the case. Uh, I think that's yeah. a totally fair interpretation. I, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Who knows? It's just, you know, there are certain elements in any fandom who are very willing to make everybody gay. You know? <laughs> well, I, I mean, if we go that route, like, she wrote a song for her and everything. I mean, yeah, it's very clear that they were very close. So I guess that door is open, you know? Yeah. But I don't know so much if that was the intention of the writers. Most likely not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know the show was subversive as far as Disney channel standards go, but I don't think it was quite that subversive. <laughs> yeah. No, we hear Rebecca say how when Molly got married, like she wished she could do that to get married. Mm -hmm. She said she was jealous. Well, anywho. <laughs> okay, anything else we want to add? Any other feedback or anything, Kathy? Um, well, we did get comments, but they're not really feedback. They're more, they're more like, oh, I didn't know this existed. I have to watch all the other episodes. We encourage that. Go back and rewatch <laughs> everything. One-up all the podcasts. Share. Tell your friends and family. We did we get comments on our uh, on Facebook on our Angel when I posted the link to the Angel podcast. So Andrea on Facebook said, "These are great episodes. 
uh, Rebecca, especially since that episode really focuses on Molly just as much as it does Fiona's investigation into Rebecca. Throughout the show, Molly carries a lot of pain, and her childhood friend was one in particular that Molly had to be strong and bear through, even though it hurt her deeply because no one would tell her the truth about Rebecca. Um, indeed, that episode is very relatable. In fact, that is why I admire the So Weird series so much, and it's why I admire Molly Phillips in particular. She bears through the loss of her friend Rebecca and her husband Rick, and to top it off, she has a rock, rocky relationship with her father. In the meantime, she pulls through and continues her music career while trying to raise two kids on her own, doing her best to be their mother by keeping their education and well-being in mind, while trying to squeeze in and I'm proud of you every chance she gets. All of these things are very relatable for these reasons. I truly believe Molly Phillips to be one of Disney Channel's strong, top strong female characters. And definitely one of, I mean, I've said this before, but she's definitely one of my favorite TV moms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's a good comment. That was, yeah. that was nice. Thank you. Yeah, like, um, whenever Rebecca gets brought up, like, people always, they go all out with their comments because they just have a lot to say about this episode. Well, and a lot of things that Andrea, was it Andrea or Andrea? Uh, sure. Andrea. Okay. Andrea. A lot of the things that uh, she said that mirrors some of the things we said on this show, so... So that's cool. Uh, if any other listeners have, like, I don't know, stories they want to talk about how Rebecca impacts them, that would be cool to read. Or just how the show in general impacted them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, she brought up also, I don't think I don't think we really talked about it, but Molly's, this was the first time that we got hints that Molly had, you know, a bad relationship with her parents in her youth. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, that's something we'll hear about more down the line. Okay, so um, does that start to wrap this one up? Yep. All right, well, we want to drop our contact info as we do. Yeah, usually I post all the links under um, Tumblr. We have Twitter, Facebook. Um, all those URLs will be down there. And we have a Redbubble store also, merchandised if you want that. So those are all way that listeners can contact us if they feel so inclined to do so. And the forum. The forum has so much cool information on there, you all. Yeah. In fact, Definitely give it a look. That, that forum is just a treasure trove of so obscure, so weird lore. All right. Well, if we're all done, I guess we should sign off. Uh, I'm Zach. I'm Kathy. And I'm Emily. And this has been the So Weird Podcast. Keep the faith. Rebecca moves across the world She's a shrockle on the sand She is the Nile that flows forever Cutting a wound across the land She'll be your friend before you know her She'll have your trust before it's earned But like any nomad Wonder, breaking the hearts of all concerned. History clouds what we remember. The one that you wanted her to be. Mystery shrouds her like an island. It is an island in the lonely sea. Oh, Rebecca. Yeah.